Welcome to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name's Luke. My name is Dan. We have finished Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. Final episode on it. And we've got some good we've got some some good opinions on it, Dan. Um but first, what do you Well Luke what do you got going on? It's it's an auspicious day today. It, 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 some would call it a holiday in the nerd fiefdom. Okay. Do you know what we're celebrating today, Luke? I, I don't, actually. Luke, we're celebrating the beginning of the end of Game of Thrones. I I forgot that you were anti-show Game of Thrones. Luke, today is the first... Today is the last first episode in a season <laughs> of Game of Thrones. And I could not be more excited for the show. Oh, sure. I'm I'm totally fine. Like, live in your bliss. If you want to be happy that the show's coming out, do that. I'm happy for you. I am really excited, though. And I'm really excited because in two months, everybody's going to shut up about it. And I can't wait. Oh, that's a good. I'm, that's actually. I'm curious about that. Whether people are going to stop talking about the show as much. I mean, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think anyone's going to stop talking about it right after it ends. But I'm curious to see if, say, six months from now, the noise is going to be even less than it was between these seasons. It's got like I'm sure everyone's still going to be recommending it all the time. Mm-hmm. But there's not going to be speculation or any of that kind of thing. I mean. Do you think it is on the same level of cultural impact as like Harry Potter or the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy? Yeah, I do. Whoa. Okay. All right. Well, then maybe people will still be talking about it for years and years to come. Um, the only thing is that I think it's less accessible than those. Because there's so, movies in it? <laughs> well, that... But also, you everyone has, I mean, not everyone, but everyone has or a friend of theirs has, like, the Harry Potter movies yeah. or the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. I don't, that's not the case with Game of Thrones, I don't think. Uh, it's, a, it's A, just much more expensive to buy or you have to have an HBO subscription. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think it'll be quite as common to see the entirety of Game of Thrones collection in somebody's house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay well so if it's on the same level of harry potter and the lord of the rings what is the tattoo people are gonna get to show that they're a true fan of a game of thrones right because so for harry potter you've got the basic three tattoos you've got like maybe a lightning bolt uh Mm -hmm. you've got the deathly hollows Mm-hmm. Or maybe you've got the three little stars that are in like on each page of the book if you're like hardcore. And for Lord of the Rings, you've got the the sword or the tree of Gondor or the ring somewhere on your body to show how much of a Lord of the Rings fan. So what's the tattoo gonna be for all these Game of Thrones fans? Okay, my guess is that it's gonna be the sigil of a specific house. Yeah. So, like, somebody's going to have the direwolf head that's the Stark sigil mm-hmm. or the three dragons. That's my guess. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, there's going to be... I, I mean, that's cool. I, Good for yeah, you. that's cool. Sure. Um, I don't know. There, that happens with a lot of things, too. Like, Stormlight Archive has that. I know you haven't read them yet, but uh, there's, like, little brands that they get in that. In those books, harsh. The, no, not the people, not 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 the readers. The uh, the characters in the books get certain brands, and I think that's a pretty common tattoo. Well, I guess they're not that hardcore if they're getting a tattoo of a brand. So <laughs> maybe step it up, Stormlight Archives listeners. Seriously, readers. Seriously. All right. Well, Luke, I just had to get that off my chest. I'm excited for people to not be constantly. Basically, I'm excited to not have the series spoiled. Always be on the verge of having the series spoiled. Right. Just in casual, just in casual conversation. That's fair. And I'm I'm excited to watch the end of the show. Okay. Let's get into Warbreaker. So, 
obviously we're going to talk about the how much we like liked or disliked the book at the at the end of this episode um but i want to start with just saying and i don't know if you're gonna be on the same page the last third of this book is so fucking good dude (laughs) yeah uh i i think it was also very good Uh, i would like to save our discussion of why i thought it was great until the end though okay because yeah it's it needs a full analysis. Okay. Before fair. we get there, Luke, Brandon Brandon did something that I I'm a little bit insulted by in this book. Okay. Brandon, no other book that we have read has mentioned characters pooping. None. But you uh. decide, you decide because Dan comes up with a theory that the return never have to poop, which is why they can eat anything, to put an explicit reference in chapter 42 to Light Song pooping. Damn it! I did. So, yeah, I noticed this and I didn't write it down, but I was. I knew that you were going to be sad about this. <laughs> Because I know you went for that theory because no one ever puts pooping in books and you didn't think that there was going to be any evidence against it. (laughs) Brandon! But I will say, Luke, this opens up a whole new chapter in the book that we started writing last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, about the crazy foods that they can eat. Because you know... That when these returned, finally break down and take a giant bite out of that baked cookie Yankee candle that they wanted to eat so badly for years and years and years. When they finally take a big chomp out of it, their shit's going to smell like cookies. That's a good point. Oof. You know, that's... The real question is... So I, I'm pretty confident in our assertion that they can eat anything. Mm-hmm. The real question is what what happens to it? You know, okay. Oh, we shouldn't do. Should we do this? Why? Why not? If something <laughs> okay, happens it. to it. Fuck it. <laughs> because they, I don't know. Does it say that they need to eat? No, it says explicitly that they don't need to eat. Okay, so it's not getting digested. Hold on. Oh, hold on, Luke. So, if we follow this line of reasoning, when Light Song eats a grape, what comes out the other end? A, a fully intact grape, it's, Dan. It's gotta be a grape. <laughs> alright, alright. And let's... Hold on, though. Because he's chewing grapes, right? Okay, yeah, good point. If he, I don't know, swallowed something whole, I don't know what it would have to be. Something kind of like... I don't know, maybe a cracker. A, br- a, cr- a okay. cracker? That's a terrible right. example. That's not a good example. I don't know. But he's chewing stuff, right? Oh, that's mm-hmm. even worse. I think that's even worse, actually. So the stuff coming out the other end is just chewed up food. Right. I think so. Oh. Not great. No. They got to be careful about, like, chew your food all the way, you know? Do they? I mean, it's just... It's gonna, it's gonna be more comfortable that way. It's, maybe that's why they only eat grapes. Oh, right. Is this what's limiting their? Okay. Oh my gosh! Actually, this is a. Okay, you would never eat like almonds or some kind of nut because even, you'd have right. to chew it so much for it to not. Not just scrape the pipes coming out all the way out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've i got to think that there's there's a way to mitigate it. So first off, I think the, the part that you mentioned, I think he says, like, he goes to the privy. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. That's not, that doesn't necessarily mean that... He's doing the same thing in there that we're doing. Okay. What is he doing? 
wait, 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 wait. Is there another hole it comes out of? Maybe. They're probably okay. not. We've gone too far. We've gone too far. <laughs> he says he so he specifically says he doesn't eat or drink anything because he doesn't want to have to go to the privy. And so mm-hmm. I took that as meaning that they both have to pee and poop. Okay. That's yeah. Right. That's fair. Or vomit. <laughs> I don't want to go there. I don't think that they're doing that. Probably not. But I mean, okay. Because for what comes out to look like what comes out of us, it's got to undergo some similar chemical processes. Right. And we do that because we have to take something out of the food to live. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't do that. There's no way he's taking nutrients out of the food. Because then, otherwise, where does it go? Where does that energy, where is it going? Right. Because he he himself is sustained only by breaths, not by food. Exactly. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute, Luke. So he's constantly drinking wine, right? Yeah. He has got to be pissing so much. He is always drinking wine. We always see him with a glass of wine in his hand. Yeah. And we know that they have to pee if they drink something i would now that i think about this thank you brandon because if you hadn't put this in there the only assumption we could make is that that he was never peeing because the number of times that you would have had to go to the bathroom in this book it should have been mentioned right if he was drinking as much wine as he was and there was no mention of him constantly in the bathroom then we would have had to well, assume I, w- I would have assumed there's just some magical I mean, so there's magic in this world. Maybe it's just some part of his body makes it, I don't know, disappear. There's it, there's not necessarily law of conservation of mass or something like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. But uh, what I'm saying is I would have assumed that's how it works if there had never been a mention of him having to use the privy. Right. Uh, so I this guess is... I guess thanks, Brandon. Yeah, you gave us something to think about. And I don't know if we're going to be able to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> when we, in the future, when we have Brandon on, this will be our first question. Yeah, this question. We interview Brandon <laughs> Sanderson. We ask him what the returned do in the bathroom. Yeah, I think that's fair. Great. Yeah, everybody, wait. Look forward to that one. <laughs> look forward to our one and only question for Brandon Sanderson because he will leave after that. Okay. <laughs> Let's get off of. Of poop jokes. <laughs> we got to start strong, Luke. <laughs> okay. So we start this section with Vivina essentially being a, I don't know, homeless, homeless person without, she's a beggar, I guess. And it just made me realize in this situation, I would be so bad at dealing with hunger. I, so I go, I go to work, Right. I get I get breakfast at six thirty, go to work, um, and I can't make it past eleven without eating lunch. And at first, when she talks about how she's getting headaches and like not able to think right, I'm like, yeah, you haven't eaten, and like this happens to me after I don't eat for six hours. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, that's obviously you're just super free and hungry. And then there's an actual disease that she has. And yeah, sure. You did, but you didn't need to tell me that she had a disease. You could have just said, she's freaking hungry. And that would have been sufficient for me. I sympathize with this so much. Brandon could have said it was 4 p.m. and she hadn't had a snack since lunch. And I would have said, <laughs> oh, I get you, Vivina. I, am, <laughs> I'm, I feel your struggle. Right. Brandon could have said she forgot her granola bar, so she only had three out of the four things that she normally brings for lunch. You'd be like, oh, preach. Preach, Brandon. <laughs> that's all that's all I really have on that one. But <laughs> Yeah, I in thinking about that more, 
I can't believe that that illness just came and went. As in, we heard that there's this disease that goes around the poor people in Tetelier. And that's all we ever heard of it, is that, oh yeah, you had this disease, but you're fine now. Which actually led me to a question about how the breaths work. So if you have enough breaths, you don't have any diseases, right? I think you're... Yeah, essentially. So does it cure diseases or does it just hide them from your body? I think it cures them. Right. So you know what my next obvious question is. Like just have a doctor with a ton of breaths? Yeah. And you have a patient come in, you give them your breaths, and they give them back. Yeah, but what if the... Yeah, that would totally work. It would require a lot of trust. Or it would require somebody else in the room with a big sword. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, this is a good, that's a good point. Because you don't need to solve, you don't need to have a health system at that point. No, that is your health system. Right, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And then, oh, think about how much better the returns life would be. You never have anyone. Oh, yeah. You never have anyone no showing up. Save my baby. Save my baby. Take it to the hospital, lady. <laughs> what am I going to oh, no, do? No, you can't do babies, Dan. They're not going to give the breath back. <laughs> okay. No, you can You can still do babies. You can still do babies. And here's how. They just have a, a debt. So the very first thing you get them to say is they have to give it to somebody. So you have a system of breath debt that's set up in Tetelier. So that's like it's like student loans. Exactly, but it's baby loans. <laughs> this is terrible, though. No okay. <laughs> you want to set up a system where <laughs> these babies are born with some terrible disease. Yeah. And they get a two thousand breath debt to live. Hey, it's not my fault they were born with a pre existing fucking condition, okay? Oh, okay. Actually, no, okay. Let me re- let me come back from this because you're giving them the breath yeah it's not like a no they yeah yeah, yeah. you're not gonna and you're not charging interest on it you're not saying you have to give okay. me two thousand breaths plus five back okay yeah okay i rescind my previous so rebuttal. it's just that breath is being stored by that baby for i don't know maybe two years i don't know how long it takes for a baby to talk but just until you can get them to give it up and then you take it right back and give it to somebody. Obviously, that doctor wouldn't go two years without a bunch of breaths. They'd just get breaths from somebody else. But you take it to the bank, give your breaths up there. Boom. Solved. Mm-hmm. For sure. I can see it. See, and then this, with my like shady business model that I had last episode, that doesn't even need to exist with this whole deal. Right, because you're giving, you're giving your breaths to the hospital and maybe getting a little money for it. Oh my, okay, here's the other thing, Luke, because I was concerned about the fact that what if the kids die before they can give their breath back and then you just lost a bunch of breath. But if you give them enough breath, then they can't die from any diseases. So you just keep them super safe. Although then they're kind of like hostages. It's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a kid hostage situation. All right. But there's, okay. The point is there's a way. There's a way you could save a ton of babies, and let's let's pretend like we just exclude babies. We just say, if you can't talk, you're not getting help. Sorry, babies. You're on your own this time. No shoes, no shirt, no talking, no service. No service. But everybody There's else... a better way to say that. Yeah, well, I don't know. But all those other dying people in Tetelier, bring them to the hospital. Right, yeah. The gods aren't doing it. They're not, they're not giving you their breath. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad we're talking about the gods, actually. Okay. There is a scene in this third part, this third section of the book, when all mother is meeting with petitioners. And she meets with a petitioner who I think had a bad back or lost a hand or something. And he asks for her to heal him. 
And instead, she says, no, but I know somebody in the docks. I'll get you on a boat. I'll get you working again. You can support your family. And he was so grateful. And this is the first time we've seen a god help anyone at all. And it seemed like it was nothing for her. It seemed like it was, like, it didn't cost her anything. Are you kidding me? She's a god. And so these gods the whole time could have been helping people in these small ways and they just weren't I th- yeah i think so what are you kidding me yeah there and the other thing is there's a line at the end of this or not quite the end but where light song learns why he's popular and I think it's Blush Weaver that says, everyone knows you're the one that listens through all the petitions. You're the one that looks at all the art and all that. We, we've we seen him do this. He didn't do a good job. No. But he's apparently the best one. Yeah. Also, so I think you talked about in our first episode that it would suck to have to sit through those petitions where people are basically coming up to you and asking you to kill yourself to heal them. Yeah, that'd be pretty shitty. But you know what would make those petitions a hell of a lot easier to sit through? Being able to help even 10% of those people. Right, yeah. See, I didn't know that this was an option. Neither did I. I thought you were just saying no to people. Right, but... Which it seems like is what they're currently doing. You don't have to do that. Yeah, every now and then throw somebody a freaking bone. And Seriously. you've had a model of how to do this because the people who did give their breaths up and heal people, apparently they were doing this kind of thing all the time. And it, it's it's said that gods in the past do this. We're doing this a lot more, I think. Yeah. So there's like no redeeming qualities about any of these gods then. If none of them are doing this... None of them are good. None of them are using their powers for good. They're just playing fucking bocce ball and not getting drunk. Yeah. So, okay. So this leads me to say at the end of this, obviously light song is a huge hero and is turns out to be, you know, he's a great person, which sure, you know, he saved the day. Gave up his life to save the day. But he spent about nine years (laughs) eating grapes and drinking the souls of children. Which, okay, that's a purposefully inflammatory statement. Like, obviously, he's not doing that. And people are giving up their souls or breath willingly. But let's, let's add a little perspective to that. I like Light Song. But I'm not willing to say he's the greatest person of all time. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. I think among the gods, he might be. And let's let's leave the God King out of it for now. Among the other gods, he might be the best one. But that's not saying a whole lot at all. Right. And I'm not necessarily saying this is his like that's his fault or that he's a bad person. But he he kind of owed it to us. <laughs> yeah, you're you know? you're not wrong. <laughs> he definitely owed it to us. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take us to... Oh, I actually have two things in the same scene. This scene where Siri is out having a tasting session and talks to the high priest. First, small point, her tasting session sounds so great. I know we, we've we talked about food for like 45% of, that's an oddly specific number, but <laughs> a lot of our episodes on Warbreaker, but this is the dream, Dan, okay? If you're telling me you can taste as many things as you want and, I'll, and I can go exotic, yeah, I don't have to waste one dish just because, or one dish just because I want to try something other than tikka masala at the Indian restaurant. The dream. Okay? Love Indian food. We go to Indian restaurant very often. I know I've tried other things there, 
but I like the tikka masala the best. I know that's the classic like American thing to get an Indian restaurant, but I like it the best. So that's what I'm going to get. Yeah. And the debate I have every time is, you know, this meal costs $14, $15, whatever. Do I want to take the risk of trying something else? Or do I want to eat the thing that's like one of my favorite things mm -hmm. to eat? Mm -hmm. I do tikka masala every time because I don't want to take that risk. Siri gets to taste whatever she wants and just have a small taste of it and no repercussions for that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you're right, Luke. I mean, it sounds like just having unlimited resources and tons of money at your disposal <laughs> would be so great. Damn. I'd, I'd love so, that. So great. Okay, okay. That was a small point that I was trying to make about this scene. <laughs> the other point is, which is kind of undermined when we learn that, I think his name is Trelides. I don't know how we're pronouncing The head that. priest. Yeah, Trelides is how it's The head priest turns out to be a good guy. But, somewhat. But it was really satisfying to see Siri, like, I don't know how to phrase this. Maybe get super confident and be able to almost like confront him because she has come into this power and actually and, and is much more confident using her position and much more, I guess, capable. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, I don't know if it really did anything, but... It was satisfying to see someone that comes in with, like, no power or anything be able to, I don't know, stand up to the person that has a ton of power. Because, listen, I work at a big company, Dan, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I want to be Siri in this situation, but I can't. I can't. Well, you got to agree to have the CEO's baby, and then. You know what? That's fair. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> so speaking about Siri and the God King, I may have had a couple of predictions last episode about the returned mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and about the God King. Mm -hmm. Those may or may not have been proven not 100% right. <laughs> not 100%. But I will say one thing. I I think I specifically said in the last episode that the God King was the real vessel. Oh, I think you did. And in this chapter, in these chapters, at one point, <laughs> Siri says the God King is the real vessel. Okay. And I got so hyped when I read that. You did get that right. Because I think you, I think you essentially said that he was the vessel for these souls. Yes. yes. And that's what he is. Yeah. Now, I also may have claimed that he was a lifeless, <laughs> which I'm going to point out wasn't proven false. So we saw, okay, none of the other returned or lifeless because we saw Blush Weaver bleed red blood. All right, fine. The rest of them are probably also not. And, and we saw that Light Song, his brother, watched him come back as a returned. Okay, so he's probably not a lifeless either. And and Vasher explains the <laughs> this whole situation. Also, Vasher explains how returned worked, so maybe not. <laughs> but cling to that. We don't know specifically that Susabron is not a freak of nature. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Stick to it, Dan. <laughs> Okay, there was there was one scene where... Oh, this actually... I should have wrote this down earlier. But this happens when Vivenna gets essentially saved by Vasher. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that I thought about this is... Well, okay, let me tell you. Let me say what happens. Basically, she's being collected by... Or kidnapped, I guess, by these people in the slum. And... You can't see him, but Vasher throws a sword out in front of them, throws Nightblood out, and they all, you know, one of them picks it up and fights them. And then she gets dropped down as basically unconscious, and Vasher comes picks her up. And 
the thing that I thought about this is that I'm I play a lot of video games and I love a good cutscene. Okay. And let me just say this is separate. If you're the kind of person that skips the cutscenes, don't talk to me. <laughs> but okay, that's it. And then this little scene would make an amazing cutscene in a video game. This story is not a good video game. And I don't know if this is a very good point, but God, that'd be a good cutscene. Seeing all be these dope. seeing all these ruffians in the slum kill each other with this sword. Is that what I you're talking about? More, I mean, yes, that's the scene. Yeah. But it's more of, you know, your your player character is Vivina. Uh-huh. And you're seeing this happen Ooh. and then you collapse and Vasher comes and picks you up and then it fades to black. Yeah. It's a yeah. dope cutscene, Dan. That's a very good cutscene. Honestly, I think most of the times Vasher throws the sword and has people fight each other to the death is a would make a pretty cool scene. Yeah. And most of the time we don't actually see it. Right. There's not very much action in this mm-hmm. right until the very end. But when there when there is action, good cutscenes. There, there was a point in this book when Vasher is explaining how Awakening works to Vivina. When I went from thinking that the Awakeners were really cool and using their powers for really interesting enhancements, I went from thinking that to thinking, why is nobody flying? why has nobody taken a big leather cloak told it to flap and just flown around the freaking city Ooh. okay this actually this is actually making me realize that i don't know okay we're in the trust tree right now okay i don't know how birds really fly because (laughs) oh no because okay you're saying this but and I'm I see how that's a thing, but I don't see how that would work if I didn't just get a big coat and do that. You know what I mean? Like how is how is awakening the coat different from me doing the flapping? Okay. And that's a genuine question, I don't know. No, I know. <laughs> so I'm gonna walk you there. Okay. You've heard of bats. I'm familiar. Okay. So then you can use a leather cloak. A big leather cloak, right? Because a bat's wing is essentially just a big leather cloak. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you have this problem that we're not strong enough to flap hard enough to get off the ground. That's our limitation. Because we're too heavy for how much we can move. And bats are much lighter than we are. You're, you're saying our, our strength to weight ratio isn't good enough. It's wrong. It's bad. Okay. But... The awakened objects are way stronger than people are. And so this is the other problem with trying to make a contraption for somebody to fly with is the extra stuff you have to add to it structurally becomes too heavy where it's just adding more weight than it's useful. But if you awaken a cloak, it's just the weight of the cloak. There's no extra weight you have to add to make it structurally rigid. Okay. So you could awaken a cloak... That's a giant bat's wing, and it would be way stronger than you, and you could fly with it. Okay, I'm there with you. Okay? This is just one example of things that would be so cool to do with Awakening, and nobody has done. But but if I could Awaken, I would be doing this every day. You'd see me flying around Tetelir 24-7. Especially considering you get to take those breaths back. There's no (laughs) loss here. There's no reason not to do this. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, maybe maybe we'll see that. You know, okay, he says Awakening's new, right? Relatively new. Mm, yeah. As in, they, there's, there's still a lot that they don't know. Yeah. Maybe people have tried this, and the command is too confusing, you know? So you're saying there were some early experiments <laughs> yeah. with some people that went very wrong. Right, because you don't know if it's going to work until you try it. Mm. 
because you could you could give it a command and it could it could ridge it up you know yeah and you can be like, all right it's gonna it's gonna work and then you jump off and it turns out your your flap command when you told it to flap uh-huh. didn't explain flapping well enough so oh, it just no. like swings around and you fall okay so maybe it just needs more experimentation on the commands but it's just it's just very high risk but okay but such get a get a yeah get a foam pit underneath yeah get a net think of the reward to being able to fly if you need to send a message to idris that there's i don't know a giant army coming send some send a guy with a wingsuit (laughs) you kidding me Yeah, and Luke, here's the other here's the other part of it. Maybe you don't get flap down, but you've got some super sweet paragliders flying around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easy, right? Yeah, you just need a ton of wind. Where that are the people? Where are the people using Awakening to kite surf out in the bay? Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is a good point. There's. We saw Awakening wrap a guy up, act as like a shield, and strengthen somebody's legs. And climb. In... Okay, yeah. The, we, we mentioned this, but he becomes Spider-Man using Awakening, <laughs> right. essentially. Right. There are so many other cool things that you could do with right. it. Batman essentially does it, and he can't even awaken. Exactly. Okay. You know, okay, I was a little hesitant on you, but I'm glad I'm glad you explained it to me. <laughs> I'm glad we all learned something today. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take us to something serious. Oh, all right. And this is something that I'm going to have to I'm going to I'm a little mad at Brandon for. Okay. And last episode for the for the intro I did a little, this is why we need feminism, which was stupid, right? Like, not a good reason why we need feminism. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) This time is a better reason. And this is something that I think Light Song says. And it's, he's walking with Blush Weaver. And she's wearing something less revealing than normal. Yeah. And he says something along the lines of, she like that she looked really good in that and that he she looks really good when she quote takes the time to respect herself <sighs> i had a problem with this like and i'm not going to like be i'm not going to like boycott Brandon Sanderson or anything like that would be an overreaction yeah maybe a little but um and i i mean i would ass- i if if Brandon Sanderson were to be in the conversation about this and someone were to explain, I'm sure he'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, good point. Well, yeah, That's, so... I shouldn't have said that. So get us there. Why, should, why shouldn't Brandon have said this? Why shouldn't Light Song have said, oh, I'm glad she finally respects herself by wearing this not as revealing clothing? Because that's not, like... Wearing revel- revealing clothing is not disrespecting yourself. Like... <laughs> Right, maybe I, based on your standards of what somebody should wear, it right. is it has it has no bearing, yeah, on whether you respect yourself yeah. or not. It it says more about what you expect of how a woman should dress than how a woman respects herself. Right, and my my issue is that you know I think we've 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 gone through a couple of things somewhat similar to this in other books where we've we've been able to be like yeah, but maybe that's what, you know what the character would have thought. I don't. I don't think this fits Light Song. No. No, this... Th- I mean, this sounded like... Because we, we're supposed to see Light Song as kind of us in this. We're supposed to see Light Song as kind of... You know, uh, this God stuff is kind of silly and they're acting all kind of ridiculous. And so he's kind of projecting that as what we would think about the situation. And I don't... That's not right. Because yeah, that struck just, that struck me as well. I read that and I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know about this light song. That's kind of fucked." Yeah. So I mean, 
I I don't know. I I think Brandon Sanderson is is fine, but I think he does deserve criticism for this. Yeah. And, and like this is a pretty minor part of the book. The rest of the book. Right. It's like one line. <laughs> right. And this book is full of great female characters solving problems on their own. Like I think he does a good job with the female characters. But yeah, this line was a little bit oof. Yeah. Also, just how out of place is that line given where they are? Maybe if they were in Idris, this would work. Right, exactly. But they're in a place that, where people dress this way. Yeah, This okay, this is why I had issues with this. Because it seems like, it doesn't seem like it's something that's like making the story more realistic. It seems like just something that Brandon Sanderson put in there. It's like, why did you put that in there? Right, exactly. It seems like he is speaking to us as readers, not the two characters talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I and I, th- I think your point is good in that maybe his, he was trying to say, to make it seem, to make another connection between what he thinks the reader would think and what light song would think, like trying to make a light song more relatable, but like, that's not, <laughs> that's just, that just wasn't a, I don't know. That's maybe that's all we should say about that, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a very minor thing. We've talked about it for, I think, more time than we needed to. Let's move on. Okay, let's, yeah, let's get back to the funnies. Okay. Vasher reveals that these statues that have been all around the city are the army, are this hidden army that was supposedly coming back at some point. And he reveals how he did this. He didn't awaken the stone, but he put bones into the stone and awoken those. That doesn't explain anything to me, Vasher. What do you what do you mean? Okay. Let's say I encase a dude in concrete and then I awaken that dude. That guy's not moving. He's encased in concrete. Maybe the thing inside the concrete is technically able to move. Oh, I didn't think of this. Yeah, sure. There are bones within the stone. Are there also joints? Like, have right. you have you intricately carved this thing that has mobile joints? Okay, this is a good point. Into the stone, and if you've done that, you, I I would look at one of these and say, ah, that looks like I could move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why? Yeah. Okay. This is a this is such a good point because armor, for example can move because it's very specifically designed to have like areas that don't run into each other and it has joints and all that kind of thing. I mean, maybe he did, but then I don't, I, uh, no, Dan, I wanted Luke. I wanted to love this so much. I wanted to love that these statues had these bones in them and they were awakened that way because this wasn't a prediction that I made on air, but it was something that I had in the back of my head because they talked about these statues a lot. And there was this secret army that was way powerful. And I was thinking, how cool would it be if the statues were the secret army? But the way we got there, I couldn't, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it because I don't, I can't understand how it would physically work. Dang it. I'm sorry, but let's, Let's imagine for a second that it could work. Okay. There's got to be better things than stone, right? Well, the other thing is just how has this not been done before? That's a good... Well, This is just really good armor. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) But I could see it. It it wasn't done before because Awakening's new. Right. Sure. But your point is even better why not put a bunch of bones in really good armor and then let that thing run around you don't need to even worry about carving statues out of stone and then somehow putting bones into those statues just put a skeleton in a suit of armor and have that thing run around maybe so it wouldn't be quite as durable right but you could probably make way more of them right i mean it would be less less costly exactly essentially yeah 
there's yeah if if what i think is true that we've already talked about where skeletons essentially have it seems like unlimited strength almost oh actually this is okay this is my question now yeah because the lifeless soldiers have to like work out and they're about as strong as they were when they died yes is that not the case for skeletons or did my my guess is that vasher did something different with them yeah let's let's give vasher the benefit of the doubt and say the vasher did something really cool with these skeletons to make them super strong here's my issue here's my other issue with the fact that he made them all out of stone tentelier is right by a big sea it the bay is right there so you've got no navy right because there's no way that these stone soldiers are getting on a boat right and if i have a boat in the harbor they're not getting to me there's no way these stone soldiers are getting to (laughs) me and my boat in the harbor right so yeah we don't hear anything about a navy and maybe tetelier has a navy but if you are vasher and you're trying to think of a really cool army you can make to defend a city that is right by a big ocean maybe don't make it entirely out of rocks right because your biggest weakness in theory is the ocean right like make some awakened trees that are in the shape of people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you have yeah they just sit they sit in the shallows and swing their giant branches you have ants well and they can float right they can they can like swim out to the boats and i don't know trees are probably easier to awaken too hold on (laughs) (laughs) put the skeleton bones in a bunch of logs still would be pretty durable yeah catch on fire okay so their one weakness would be flammability this is you're this is a you're talking about a boat (laughs) okay yeah this might be a little bit this might be a little bit crazy but (laughs) i just think stone is a bad choice well okay here's the thing lifeless don't have to breathe okay you have little lifeless lifeless torpedoes as in you don't need to make something crazy if a ship is coming at you be like hey lifeless take this saw and swim over there and saw a hole in their boat what what are they going to do about that yeah well and you can still kill a lifeless are we talking about lifeless like the forty thousand lifeless or are we talking about lifeless like uh i'm talking the forty thousand lifeless okay okay sure the forty thousand can probably protect against a yeah a naval invasion that's fair Okay, but a valid point, I think, because you're, I think you're right, but that the main weakness should be the harbor, and there doesn't seem to be, at least we don't hear about it. We don't hear about defenses of that. Right. But, um, okay. One thing that I thought was really cool is how kind of at the end of this, but not the very end of this, we slowly start to get hints as to how old Vasher is. And it's, it's not, it's not that, so I think we get hints that are pretty obvious, right? We get hints that it's like, oh, Vasher was one of the people in this mini war well before it's fully revealed. Mm -hmm. But it's cool that we get those hints and then we're like, oh, that seems like he's one of them. And then we get another couple and then finally there's the big reveal. I appreciate that a lot more than just a sudden full reveal at the end because a i feel smart (laughs) but b it's cool to see something that we just we figured out recently and then we get to see vivina figure it out too and i don't know i thought that was a good way to do it rather than just a sudden reveal at the end of everything yeah yeah i agree with you i think there was a point when the first indication was Vasher talking about how he was one of the five scholars, I think. One of the first indications, at least. But he didn't use that exact language. He said something about him and four other people developing really cool awakening stuff. And from that, you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> the five. Hmm. 
So yeah, I, I like that as well. Okay. We haven't talked very much about the full ending yet. And I didn't really have stuff specifically written down just because I figured we could just go off the cuff on it. Um, what did you, did you, did everything catch you by surprise? Um, well, it's, it's kind of hard to say. So the statue thing, I had kind of hoped that there was something cool with that. The age of Vasher definitely caught me by surprise. Like I was not predicting that he was one of the five scholars or the, I think peace bringer was his name. Peace giver. Peace giver. Uh, or the one that started the war. Kalad. Kalad. Um, I was not predicting his age at all. I was interested to see what his deal was, but that reveal was totally surprising. The fact that the priests were kind of cool and they still cut out the God King's tongue, but that reveal was surprising. Blue fingers was a little surprising, but I didn't really trust blue fingers after we had the Denth betrayal. As in, as in when Denth, when there was the Denth betrayal, sorry, as in when there was the Denth betrayal you started questioning other people too yeah or were they connected in another way no 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 not i didn't think that they were connected necessarily but just that we shouldn't be like we shouldn't really be trusting people that we think are on our side and so that kind of let me be a little skeptical of blue fingers but yeah the rest of that i mean light song's story i was kind of hoping light song was just going to be some dude so that was satisfying that he was just some dude who did something cool. Yeah. But yeah, I was pretty surprised. Yeah. This was, I, th- I mean, I think this is a th- pretty common theme with Brandon Sanderson, at least the things that we've read where it's a huge, like a really slow buildup and then just craziness right at the end. And I don't know. Some people probably complain about the pacing and I kind of, when I read this the first time, I think I did a little bit too, in terms of I was, the you know, the first two thirds of this book are pretty slow. But the last third is so, I don't know, satisfying, I think, that I like that it was slow. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't mind the pacing once I finished it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I think I largely agree with you, although I definitely fall more along the lines of how you felt your first time reading it. But given, so we also read Elantris by Brandon mm-hmm. Sanderson, which I'm, we, and we read Emperor's Soul, but this I think is much more similar to Elantris in its pacing. I think th- I prefer the pacing of this to Elantris because I think there were more things that happened in the intermediate. Like there was more stuff that happened in the buildup mm-hmm. of this one. And I think the reveal in this one at the end, the climax for Warbreaker, I liked much more than the climax for Elantris. It, it seemed like all of these things, these loose ends that were being tied up were done much more neatly than mm-hmm. in Elantris. But I think, I don't know. It's still not, I'm still not super in love with the sudden climax of everything at the very end. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think that's how a lot of fantasy books are written. Now that I think about it, like most of the books we've read have a really big <laughs> climax at the end. But it seems like Brandon has a very specific style with how he builds all of these interweaving threads to suddenly come together at the end. Well, at least so far with what we've read, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, to be clear, we've only read two novels in a novella. So, (laughs) right. So I don't want to necessarily extend that to all of Brandon Sanderson, Mm -hmm. but, but I would agree with you for what we've read so far. Um, let's see. I... And I, okay, I think we're kind of creeping into doing 
doing an extended. Yeah, we should just talk about review. what we thought about the book. So let's give our so, let's give okay. our takes. So the other thing that I appreciate that is probably more serious than my normal discussions is the like character arcs in this are fantastic. Just essentially all of them. Vivena, obviously, we talked about it. She kind of sucks in the first two sections. And then the third section, obviously, she has a huge, a great character arc, and we like her again. Siri goes through, I mean, a different one, but, you know, a great character arc where she becomes very confident and all that kind of thing. And then Light Song, I guess, kind of in a similar way. And then Vasher and Dinth they themselves don't change but our perception of this them changes so i think that's part of the reason that i don't mind the long build-up is because there's much more change in the characters i think because of that which is satisfying to see yeah i now that you mentioned that i think that's why i prefer warbreaker to elantris because in the buildup to the giant climax that's super cool at the end, there is a lot of change that happens with the characters. So e- even the God King, the God King goes from basically mm-hmm. a child to really maturing into somebody who's pretty cool. And all the, I think all the characters, we see a maturation. We see them mature. Maturation is a weird word. <laughs> we see them mature over the course of the book whether or not that maturing happened in the past like with vasher i think he matured a long time ago and is now trying to deal with what he did before to siri who goes from basically being a child to well i don't want to say a child but like a teenager to like a woman who's solving problems and dealing with some pretty serious shit Mm-hmm. And I, so I think that really kept me interested as I knew that the, the climax was pretty far down the line. I was still interested to see how these characters changed and how they grew over time in the story. So yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. So I guess overall, I, I love this book <laughs> and Obviously, this is my second time reading it, and I I remembered loving it as much, but reading through the first two sections, I was kind of thinking, why why did I like this book so much? And then just the third section seals it for me. Like, this is, this is one of my favorite books that we've read. And I don't, that might be a hot take, but I don't know, for some reason, this book I just really appreciate. I mean, I'll say this. I also really, really like this book. This is in my top three for the books that we've read. Oh, okay. Wow. I mean, this this doesn't touch lies. So we're going <laughs> to... Lies of Aquamora, you're safe. But I... Yeah, give us give us the uh, the you're safe and who gets who gets chopped. Oh, I'm not... I'm not... We're not... Stop talking about chopped, Luke. That was literally the only reason I said that is so that I could have another episode where I talked about chopped. <laughs> God. Okay. But... <laughs> Chopped aside, I I think one of the reasons why I really like this book and what elevates this book for me is the magic system I found really cool. Mm-hmm. So of all the books that we've read, this magic system seems not only like the most interesting and unique that I've seen, but the system that required very little explanation but I could immediately understand kind of how it worked. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have a fairly good intuitive understanding of how breath magic works, but it's there's not a whole lot to it. Right. A shallow, like to get a shallow understanding of it is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. And I really appreciated that. And I think, I mean, that's why I brought up the fact that people should be flying is... <laughs> I was just inspired to think of all the ways that you could use breath to do cool stuff. And and I kind of like the fact that it's limited, right? I kind of like the fact that there's clear limits on what breath can do. And so it gives you a lot of opportunities to think about what it can do rather than just, oh, it, it's magic. You can cast a spell and it can do, I don't know, whatever you want. So, 
Yeah, I, I also really like this book. This is my favorite Brandon Sanderson book that we've read so far. All Granted, right. we've we've read three. Yeah, and one of them was a novella. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, I, over time we'll do more. Oh, for sure. We're but, definitely coming but back to But not next week. No. Uh, we, should, we, should we tell the people what they want to hear, Luke? Let's do, let's do it. Next week, we are reading fifth season, the fifth season, by N.K. Jemison. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Neither of us have read it before. Nope. We will probably split this up into thirds, just like we did with Warbreaker. So, I mean, get excited for that. Yeah, read a third of it. Roughly. <laughs> Roughly a third. Roughly a third. We'll be... We'll be coming at you next week with some hot takes. And next week we'll be acting like dumb nerds. 